Welcome back. We are on Revelation chapter 8, verse 10. We're getting into the third trumpet. We went through the seal judgments, the seals. There were seven of them. The seventh then opened up the seven trumpet judgments. So now we're into trumpets. The first one, we had a third of the trees go away. We had all of the grass get burned up. The second one, we had a third of the fish and sea life die, and a third of ships and the oceans destroyed. Now we're into the third trumpet, verse 10. Then the third angel sounded, and a great star fell from heaven, burning like a torch, and it fell on a third of the rivers and on the springs of water. The name of the star is Wormwood. A third of the waters became Wormwood, and many men died from the water because it was made bitter. We go back to verse 10. Then the third angel sounded. The first angel did the first one, then the second angel, now the third angel. So it's a different angel each time. And a great star fell from heaven. Probably, in my opinion, a meteor or a comet or something. And it was burning like a torch. So burning like a torch. So like is a simile. So that's giving us a a visual picture of something. And it fell on a third of the rivers. If a star actually struck our earth, it would probably destroy our Earth. So whatever this is probably comes apart as it enters the atmosphere and then hits in different places or, or part of it uh, hits. And it's not going to be pretty. And we also under, must understand that this is a supernatural, divine judgment created by God. So it can absolutely defy what we currently know about what we would quote, quote unquote, say science, right? Remember, God is omniscient. That word omniscient means omni, it basically means omniscience. He's all science. He's all knowing. He created science. He is the father of science. Anybody today who thinks they trump God by saying, well, science says, well, guess who created the rules and the laws that you use for your observations and your theories. It's everything that God put in place. He controls, he knows, and I trust trust me, he knows way more than you. You'll never know more than the creator. You can't, it's impossible. Plus your brain is way smaller than you think it is. Um, when we look at God's, it's infinite. Ours are definitely finite. I have talked with some brilliant people in my life, as have you. And what I think we could all have in common what we would all agree on is you could look at the smartest person you've ever talked to and they're absolutely lacking in certain areas. Maybe they have absolutely no common sense. They're like, wow, he's brilliant. He can, you know, do this math or this and that in, in their head and they know all this stuff, but like they don't even know how to, you know, proverbial speaking, they don't even know how to tie their shoe or, you know, walk and chew gum at the same time. Their common sense is lacking or they don't know anything about this or that. None of us is perfect. And the sooner we realize that, the more likely we are to look up and say, I'm a finite being with a really small mind compared to God's. And I just need to trust God, his plans, his ways, that he is all science, that he created science, that anything we do down here, there's certain things we can observe, but the rest is just theory. And that's why they call it the theory of evolution. They don't call it evolution, or they they try to hijack that, but it's a theory. It's a theory that is unprovable. Just like they can't go back in time and observe evolution or the creation of the world, we can't go back in time and observe God being here before anything was. 
but it takes a lot less faith. It's a lot easier to have faith that there's a God who is an intelligent being who's always been around than in something that created itself. All right? All right, here we go. So the star fell from heaven, burning like a torch, and it fell on a third of the rivers and on the springs of water. So the trumpet previous, which was the second one, affected oceans and, and seas. So kind of think salt water, if you will. Um, at least in my mind, that's how I think of it, oceans and seas. And here we're talking about rivers and springs. So in my mind, that you know, kind of I summarize that into fresh water. It doesn't necessarily have to be the perfect case, but that's just how I think about it. Either way, you've got fresh you know, rivers and springs coming into it now. And then it says the name of the star is Wormwood. Wormwood. Well, we know that God has his stars numbered and named. We can look at Job 9 and 10. He, here it is, Job 9, 9. He, that means God, he made the bear, Orion, and the Pleiades. If that's how you say it, Pleiades. And the chambers of the south. He does great things past finding out. Yes, wonders without number. If he goes by me, I do not see him. If he moves past, I do, do not perceive him. So what we saw there is that God is naming stars. God knows all the stars. Every single star in the universe, every one that someone applies their name to or names after their puppy dog or something, saying, I found a new star, a new solar system. is like, God already knew it was there, and he named it. He knows everything. He knows the ones that won't be discovered for another 10 years, 20 years, 100 years, whatever the case may be. He knows it all. None of this is a surprise to God, right? He's, he's like the little kid who, you know, my kids come to me all the time and they're like, especially my little three and a half year old and, and my five and a half year old, they come up to me and they're like, they're like, look, dad, look what I did. And it's like, you know, a plastic bag that they ripped or uh, two rubber bands that they tied together and they're just so proud of themselves. And of course I encourage them. I'm like, oh, I'm so happy for you. That is wonderful. It's so beautiful. And that's what God does with us. We're like, God, look what I created. Look what I did. And he's like, Oh, if only you knew. But he's like, oh, I'm so happy for you. That's so cool. Keep working hard. And while you're working hard, remember to tell people about me. Tell people about Jesus. That's how you honor and glorify me. And then it says, the back half of verse 11, a third of the waters became wormwood. And many died, many men died from the water because it was made bitter. So... The name of the star is Wormwood. Let's take a look at that word. So in Mo Moses warned that idolatry would bring sorrow to Israel like a root producing Wormwood. Deuteronomy 29, 18 says, So that there may not be among you man or woman or family or tribe whose heart turns away today from the Lord our God to go and serve the gods of these nations, and that there may not be among you a root bearing bitterness or wormwood. The word translated wormwood gives us our English word absinthe. It's a popular liqueur in some countries of the world. I actually had a shot of absinthe when I was in college, living a different life uh, over in Spain, and boy, was it powerful. Um, but yeah, it, so it really, it means undrinkable. And, that, and that's what it was like. It was like, wow, this is undrinkable. So in the Old Testament, the word wormwood was synonymous with sorrow, bitterness, calamity. 
It, it, the word wormwood actually appears eight times in the Old Testament, and each time it's associated with like bitterness or poison or death. So this is representative of that. It says a third of the waters became wormwood, and many men died from the water. Let's travel back to the Israelites in the, in the wilderness. They were um, traveling for three days without water. And they dove into the first pool that they encountered because they were so thirsty. But it was bitter. And they called it M-A-R-A, Mara, if, you're, if I'm saying that right, or bitter. So Moses, directed by God, cast a tree into the, the water. And what happened to the water? It changed from bitter to sweet. Isn't it interesting that in the Exodus 15 account, it's a tree that makes the water sweet? And do you know that the tree is always a picture of the cross? It was foreshadowing of the cross. When you add that tree to the bitter water, it becomes sweet. When you add the wooden cross to your life, symbolic of accepting Christ, then your life goes from bitter to sweet. Without Christ, it's too easy to hold on to a grudge. It's too easy to get angry and stay angry and live a life with unforgiveness. And that is what turns people angry, er, angrier and bitter. It was just a realization I had in the last 10 years. I started seeing some old ladies, and I always thought old ladies are supposed to be nice. And I saw some that are just really mean and angry and bitter. And what God was pointing out to me was, if you don't have me in your life and you don't know how to have that hope, and forgiveness, then that unforgiveness, that anger and bitterness is just going to grow and grow and grow, kind of like a wound that goes untreated and it just gets so bad that you have to cut off that leg. And so I feel sorry for some of these old people, especially who have just let this bitterness take root from unforgiveness. What Christ has taught me, and I pray that he will teach this to you or he will teach it to you better and to me better on a day-by-day basis because trust me, I can improve on this every single day. Um, but he's taught me to forgive. Used to, I could carry around unforgiveness for years or months or days. And now when something happens, typically within 30 seconds to 30 minutes, I just kind of let the you know anger of whatever affected me just go down, pray about it. And then just push it away. And then just go on with my life and with that situation or with that person or group or whatever it is. But I just encourage you, if there's anything that you're bitter about, uh, search in your heart. Maybe you feel it. Maybe it's right on the surface. But just give it to God. Don't Don't let the sun go down on your anger. It's not good for you. You know, you're not punished for your anger. You're hurt by your anger. Anger stays with people. And it hurts them even more. It doesn't hurt the person you're... It's just like jealousy. Jealousy doesn't affect the person that you're jealous of. It only hurts you. It negatively affects your life. So find the cross. Just as the the wood helped turn that water sweet, um, the cross of Christ will make our life sweet. And here it says, A third of the waters became wormwood, and many men died from the water because it was made bitter. So here the people die because of the bitter water, because they did not have a tree in the water. They did not have the cross in the water. They did not have Christ in their lives. So you get that? We're kind of going back and forth between uh, what it's symbolic of and what it actually is. Um, 
here's what's going on. These people rejected Christ, and that's why they're in the tribulation. And this water is bitter, and they can't do anything to make it sweet. Now, in their own lives, they can still accept Jesus because it's not to accept too late to accept Jesus in the tribulation, during the tribulation, for those who entered the tribulation because they did not get raptured, because they did not have Christ, but they can still accept Christ during the tribulation. And we will see the greatest revival, the great, greatest come to Jesus period in history. Fortunately, I will not be here for it, but it will be exciting to witness from heaven. There is no doubt. Lord, we thank you. And for all of us, every single one of us, we will be faced either today or in the coming days and almost certainly within the next week with something that will make us angry. Right now in our country, we have the elections and many of us are sad and upset about the elections. But help us, Lord, to just, that's a great example to just say, I don't want those emotions to negatively affect me. I want to turn them positive. I want to give them to you, Lord. If we fight with our spouse, with a child, with a colleague, if we lose a job, if we're angry at anything, may we just just help us to release that right here, right now, and replace it with the love of Christ, the agape, unconditional, amazing, instant, forgiving love that you offer. May we offer the world that because we are to represent you and be your hands and feet. And if people see us forgive quickly, they're going to know something's different. And that can turn into a wonderful God moment, Jesus conversation. We pray for that, Lord, in your name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. Now it's time to go and make disciples, to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to show people who Jesus is so that we have the right to tell them who Jesus is. I'd encourage you to share this by social media, text, or email with someone who you think could benefit from learning more about the Word of God. Have a blessed day.